Are greener pastures ahead for the vitamin shop now that their main competitor has filed chapter 11 bankruptcy? I'll be sure to answer that introductory question a little bit later in the video, but I did wanna run through some basics of the 2020 quarter two earnings report and conference call from the Vitamin Shop's parent company franchise group that was just released today, August 6, 2020. For those that might not be too aware of who the Vitamin Shop is or that they're now owned by a portfolio of retail franchises or franchisable businesses called the Franchise group clever name right but that transaction of the vitamin shop was officially completed on December 16th of 2019. But the Vitamin Shop is a vitamins, minerals, and supplement retailer. It's an omni-channel retailer. They have about 7,000 or so SKUs, about 700 or so locations at this point. And they lean heavily on customer service, product knowledge, and they believe that is the foundation for enhancing strong customer loyalty. So due to the way that the franchise group puts together their financial statements and just kind of how they break out each one of their retail uh, businesses, retail brands. Um, they don't necessarily, at least currently, they don't go too far into detail. It's hard for you to drill down a lot past a few just kind of highlights in each individual retail name, but they do break out the top line revenue, which 2020 quarter two for the vitamin shop had Revenue of $237.7 million, that was down 12.3% year over year and also down 13.8% on a sequential quarter over quarter basis. They also break out just like the operating loss or gain and on that $237.7 million revenue base, the Vitamin Shop did have a small operating loss of $587,000. Being that the Vitamin Shop is an omni-channel retailer, I find it easier if we just break this out in the two parts of physical stores and then the digital sales. Kind of start at the physical stores here first because that's where the majority of the revenue comes from with the Vitamin Shop. So of the 735-ish uh, nationwide Vitamin mm -hmm. Shop locations in the quarter at the peak, about 90 of them were closed because of COVID-19 or some other maybe events that happened. But that does not include include how many of them had restricted or limited hours throughout the quarter. But as the end of quarter two came to a close, um, all of the locations were open and operational. Because of some of those restrictions, closures, and just the pressure that's happening on the retailing environment because of COVID-19, the same store comps number was down 9.3%. And if you remember from the last video that I put together on the Vitamin Shop on their quarter one earnings, I'll pop up that video here for you guys if you wanna watch that. They did make some mentions on their earnings call around that early April, so just at the start of the second quarter, they saw numbers, uh, same store comp numbers down 20 or so percent, so very bad. Um, and then at the end of May, they were seeing those numbers rebound to around 2.8% down in May. So just kind of assuming June was a little bit worse for the vitamin shop than May, but the franchise group's accounting team did put together some kind of creative COVID accounting. Um, I made a post on LinkedIn uh, giving them a hard time around some of this creative accounting, this pro forma accounting that they were put together. This is nothing against the vitamin shop or franchise group. Honestly, a lot of retail businesses, a lot of consumer businesses 
are putting together some like crazy pro forma, like COVID uh, special types of analysis just to kind of like assume if a lot of this pandemic and things weren't going on, what do we think the results of our business would be if everything was like for like from the year before from a comparative standpoint. The franchise group went kind of a step further, um, not just kind of taking the COVID-19, but also some of the civil unrest. Um, I think maybe a few of the vitamin shop locations were in parts of cities that did have some damage happen to them or just have the close because of some of the civil unrest. But they're saying if all that was not in existence and everything was just like for like comparable to last year, they would have been down only 3.1%. Now I'm sure there's a model behind that. I'm sure there's a lot of things that they pegged this to on that model, but all in all, that number really just doesn't mean much. Now on the other side of the omni-channel retailer on the digital sales, um, I did notice this quarter, they did not make much mention at all comparable to last quarter. They talked a lot about digital sales on the call and on the earnings report. They did not mention much of that. All they mentioned was, hey, there was an increase. We were able to meet that from a supply chain efficiency standpoint, but that's it. That's all they mentioned. And what I'll say is I, tend to follow somewhere around 75 consumer packaged goods or retailer earnings calls, earnings reports each quarter. And during last maybe two or three earnings reports, if there's something good going on from an e-commerce perspective, these businesses talk it up. They will shout it from the rooftops. So if they didn't mention anything, it's maybe is one of those things where what you don't say tells you more than what you do say. So. I'm assuming that because they didn't talk too much about digital sales on the vitamin shop retail name, I am guessing year over year, the, the number wasn't all that good. Did wanna highlight something anecdotally that I noticed from a digital marketing standpoint, that, and that is that I've noticed a lot more of the vitamin shop's content uh, being educational, and uh, I think the frequency has, has really been increased, at least what I've noticed across some of my social media feeds. And that supports a recent interview with the vitamin shop CEO, which she noted that their blog called What's Good has seen a record number of views over the last few months. And that's because they've really shifted the focus towards areas like stress management, nutrition, sleep support, and immune health. Educational content overall is just really doing well in the environment right now. And that's partly because of two things. One, with COVID-19 happening and people being sick and, and not necessarily being all that interested in going outside, they don't wanna to go to their normal physician, their normal doctor, because they assume, hey, Either I can't go because they're not opened or that's where all the sick people are at. So I don't wanna to go to where the sick people are at if I'm not all that sick and I'm just trying to maybe be a little bit proactive. So because of that, and because they're dealing with a lot of new maybe stresses, uh, maybe some elevated stresses in their lives just around a health pandemic, these behavioral trends are all kind of converging together and consumers are looking for solutions from authoritative voices in the market. The vitamin shop doing a really good job being one of those and people are looking at them. So that's drawing a lot of attention to the vitamin shop as they're putting out content that's relevant to the situation, socially relevant right now towards immune support and general health and wellness to help people through this global health pandemic. Similarly, on product merchandising, if you look through some of like the new products that are being offered right now for the vitamin shop, at least online, 
you are seeing some kind of central themes that are happening there. First is around immune support. Obviously that's something that's being really brought to attention with a lot of people. General health and wellness, again, one of those areas that are really important for people. People are really trying to find some solutions to kind of retroactively work on a lot of things in their personal health that maybe they were neglecting for a long period of time. There's also a lot around like self-care, um, sleep or, or stress support or management. Uh, because people maybe can't go on their traditional vacations or, or maybe spas or massages, they don't feel comfortable going out in public doing those things, they're looking to have some elements of self-care to manage their extra stress or manage their sleep or you know, a number of other things you're seeing from like a beauty and personal care perspective where people are trying to do some like at-home spa experiences and trying to replicate some element of normalcy in their lives. And then lastly, just with gyms reopening right now, you're seeing a move back to like health and fitness. So you're seeing things like sports supplements be revived, uh, protein, weight management, and then maybe like detox categories as well if people really had packed on like the COVID-15 and trying to get rid of that. Like I said at the beginning of the video, I am gonna cover this kind of the vitamin shot versus GNC. That's always something that uh, you guys enjoy in these videos. So I did wanna touch on a few things. If you just listened or watched this video and you thought, hey, the vitamin shop is not doing all that well from a results standpoint comparable to what I've seen with some of the videos that you've watched from my channel on GNC, you're probably right, but you have to think about the timing of the GNC bankruptcy. It was announced officially on June 24th of 2020. So if you think June 24th and the end of the quarter is always June 30th, or I think in the case of Franchise Group, it's the 27th, that, that doesn't leave too much from you know actually seeing any results in the market because of bankruptcy, the Chapter 11 restructuring bankruptcy with GNC. But the Franchise Group did give some forward-looking results for July to kind of help us out to see a little bit, maybe read between the lines type of a situation. And they said that their vitamin shops, July same store comps number was up 11.6% year over year. So that does show you that they are seeing some effects from GNC's closure. It could be from a number of reasons, could be from some of the marketing things that talked about on the blog, but I would assume some of that gain is coming from GNC's bankruptcy. There was an analyst on the call that asked a question around GNC and closures and if the vitamin shop has been seeing any direct result from that. The CEO of the franchise group did answer this, basically saying that with any bankruptcy or liquidation that's happening across locations, a lot of times that puts pressure, not necessarily helping initially to some of these other locations because if people are selling things at a discount, a lot of the consumers will just rush over there to buy their goods and just do some substitution for a good deal. But he said they're not really seeing any of that pressure right now. And honestly, I think that's partly because of COVID-19 outside retail, people not necessarily wanting to go out for non-essential goods and all those deals, regardless of how great they are, they're not all that appealing when you're thinking about maybe I'm going to get sick. Um, so I think that that's partly a reason why the vitamin shop's not seeing pressure on some of those markets where the GNCs are liquidating and closing some of those locations. But they stayed very conservative in their commentary because I think 
a lot of the uncertainty around COVID-19 does not give them fully all the legs and confidence to be able to just go out and say, hey, we're going to be doing really well because of GNC's closures. But I will note from personal conversations with a lot of the smaller retail chains and maybe like individual small supplement shops, the conversations I've had over the last maybe 30 or 45 days, any of those contacts that have locations where a GNC is liquidating or has closed, they are seeing a sales increase. So I'm just going to assume that the vitamin shop is going to benefit a lot from those local markets where a GNC is going to be closing. I also did want to note a few things happening from the parent company, the franchise group. First of all, they hired a newly created role, a chief franchising officer, which is being filled by Todd Evans. I think he has a few decades in, in franchise operations and franchise strategy. So this kind of further proves the notion that the vitamin shop will eventually move into some franchise model or maybe a hybrid model. This has been propagated time and time again through some of the financial reports. And this just further supports it when they're adding a key leadership position. There was also a mention around the franchise group's mergers and acquisitions activity. They said over the last few months, because of all the bankruptcies or retailers just kind of struggling in the market right now, they have been fully engaging with a ton of different retail names to try to find a deal that makes sense. So they're looking to add at least a few names over the next couple of months. And they said they don't really have any details or anything firm to talk about at this point, but you do see them being extremely active even with financing. They did a debtor in possession financing for Tuesday morning. Um, so they are in those discussions with a lot of these bankrupt retailers or depressed retailers. So there's no indication that this is going to be complementary to the vitamin shop, but if they did and had some ability to complement them and roll this up into a bigger strategy, it would be positive to the vitamin shop. Just want to end with a few final thoughts. While the leadership addition and the expected mergers and acquisition from the franchise group could end up panning out to not have much effect to the vitamin shop. I continue to believe that the vitamin shop overall is making the right moves in a slow and steady type of way that is going to prove beneficial when normalcy returns to the retailing world.